rifling through those long boxes. It's gotta be here, it's gotta be here, it's gotta be here. Aha! Here it is! And bagging those books. I'm out of bags and boards again? Welcome to your home for Star Wars comics. The Cosmic Force Podcast. A Utini Podcast Network production. And now, here are your hosts, Parker Kirk, Caleb Lamanek, and Jacob Bosch. Hello there, guys, and welcome back to the Cosmic Force Podcast, episode 68. Today, we're going to be talking about Yoda, issues 7 through 9. Now, those of you who are members of our Patreon community, you're uh, probably going to be privy to a Yoda issues 1 through 3 episode uh, here not uh, not too long from now. Hopefully, we can get that out to you. But uh, as always, I am joined by my co-hosts, Caleb and Jacob. Now, Again, I just want to bring up that some of you may not recognize me. We dropped an episode before. You had an episode to adjust, but that's not very long. So my name is Parker. I will be joining you from the Utini YouTube channel. Thanks again for joining us, everybody. And uh, Caleb, how you been doing, man? Doing great. And Parker, you've got to mention your 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 bomb ass uh, time with the TikTok. You're also you're you're blowing it up there. Got a couple <laughs> big yeah, viral my- hits there. My best performing TikTok on that account is still the one where it's like a zoom in of my forehead talking about how Lego sets cost like $600 now. Um, exactly. And it did like 90,000 views. And I was like, this yeah, like, is the easiest form of content to like make. My <laughs> wife does TikTok. So a lot of her like, you know, craft, she does love really good crafting sort of thing. But she made one like, you know, like one little meme one, you know, making a joke about, you know, crochet like slave labor and all like that. And yeah, that got like 100,000 views. She's like, I, I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah, yeah, no, it's want. it's always the ones where you're like, is this this isn't my best work, and then it gets what? literally like a hundred thousand views, and the ones that you put like several hours into, mm. they don't they don't pan out that way. They cap at four hundred. Yep, exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's like exactly. yeah, that's what she's doing. But no, she you know, it we're doing great here. Um, you know, hopefully you know we don't cap out here, but we're going to make some still some bomb ass content here with some uh, Yoda content. We're, no, I'm excited. Like this is a. Uh, this is a really fun series. You know, I'm glad to be back with you guys and getting back into the swing of major time production. So, no, things are going great. Awesome. Awesome. Jacob, how are you? Pretty well. Uh, you know, it's uh, we had a nice, uh, I guess, July 4th holiday since we uh, last spoke together all together. Um, yeah. I was able to go visit my partner uh, and have a nice long weekend. My job gave off Monday, too, which was very clutch. Um, although awesome. I'm an intern, so they don't pay me for that time off. So that is not clutch. Um, but, you know, <laughs> other than that, uh, you know, it's been good. So. Happy so basically to- they're just like, yeah, dude, you can leave like literally whenever <laughs> it's actually yeah, better for like, us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's like, yeah, no, just go home. I'm like, I mean, that's great. But like my paycheck is going to be much worse. Yeah. And I yeah. Got no, traveling that's expenses things. too. So yeah. Hey, oh, but yeah, sheets no, had that's... seven, you know, I was a dollar 77 uh, and six tenths cents gas on July 4th, um, oh, which I found out after Wait, I made my like, nine hour eight hour drive and pulled into my hotel and i'm like all right cool and i got on tiktok and people were like oh my god you know dollar 77 gas I'm like well that would have been that would come in handy a little bit sooner but you know <laughs> that would have been great that's way better than 17 dollar and 76 cent gas like sorry it's fourth of july we can't we can't do anything about that america baby freedom 
<laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for, for catching up, guys. But uh, for those of you who are joining us for the first time, welcome. We are the Cosmic Force. This is a Star Wars comics pod podcast, a part of the Utini podcast network. We recently went on hiatus, but, you know, we're back and we're better than ever, uh, honestly, because I'm here and I wasn't here before. So, I mean, come on. I We're, 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 we're killing it now as, as it stands. Um, but one thing I do want to mention that if you like this show and you like Utini podcast as a whole, it is extremely easy for you to get involved and to support us in your own way. Now, you can do that at patreon.com slash Utini. For as little as $5 a month, you guys can contribute to all of the content that we make right here on this YouTube channel. That includes all the videos, all the live shows, the podcast, the Utini Podcast Network, everything. And not to mention, you are going to get early access to all of our podcasts when they drop on podcast platforms. So go ahead and look into that. Again, that's YouTube, or excuse me, that is patreon.com slash Utini. And uh, yeah, so guys, uh, I, I got to say that, you know, I'm supposed to ask you guys what you've been reading first, but I'm extremely excited to talk about actually not what I've been reading, but what my wife's been reading. My wife is now on oh, okay. book two of Mistborn since the last time we uh -huh. talked. Yeah, it's because I feel like the last time we talked about this, you were having some difficulty getting her into it, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, the first book starts off a little slow, and she's like, what's going on here? Not to mention, this is Brandon Sanderson, so he's got, like, two or three hard magic systems in there. That she, it's like a textbook, kind of, to start off sometimes, mm -hmm. it feels like. But she's, like, invested in characters now, so this is fun. Good, nice. good. I, I, by the time the listeners get this, it will be over, but I know for Prime Day, a lot of his books are on sale in the box set format. I, and, Parker, I'm assuming you own all of them already, but, you know. I don't uh, own all of them, and yeah. that's why I have tried to avoid Amazon today. I'm mm. trying not to spend a bunch of money. I'm also in the yeah. market for like home gym equipment, and now it, like today is a really good day for home gym equipment on Amazon. So like I need to stay off Amazon today. <laughs> uh, to, the day of recording, it's the 11th, so Prime Day days is today and tomorrow, and I'm just I'm avoiding Amazon like the plague right now. Yeah, so, yeah. You can you guys work has helped. But, <laughs> but you can save so much money by, you know, if you buy Spending it, it's money. normally a thousand dollars. But if you get it for 800, it's like you saved 200. Yeah, we all know that's how math not. works. 100%. It's like getting $200 deposited straight into your bank account. Exa that's exactly what it, what they want you to think. So uh, yeah. speaking of Mistborn Book 2, I'm actually uh, just finished part four of that part five. Ooh. I think I have like one section left. I'm like, uh, I got like eight hours, six hours left of the audiobook. So I got to that point. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to put it down. I'm going to do a podcast episode or two. Can't have to <laughs> wash out, rinse out my mouth and then we'll dive right back into it. <laughs> I was going to say, you may have that done by the time you go to sleep tonight. If you start, no, if you start I'm part six five, hours, physically not possible. <laughs> like, like I'm not the sort of crazy person who does it at like two times speed. I know there's a couple people on this team who are like, you know, oh yeah, yep. 1.5 speed, two speed. That's great. I, I don't think I'm there yet. Like I enjoy my media and taking my time really slow with it. So like it kind of drives my wife insane. Cause like, we'll watch like an episode or two of like a really good series. I'm like, okay, let's put it down and do something else. And she's like, I want to keep watching. I'm like, mm, but I want to do something else now. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta pace myself real slow. For some audiobook readers that read either slower or clearer or a combination of both, I can get comfortably up to like 2.7. 
like like i think it really does very very much on like the uh the reader and i feel like it's something that you have to build up to like you know the first chapter oh yeah you have to do it at one speed and then like you can start slightly pumping it up just a little bit yeah it's like when you get in the shower and when you get in it's like midway between cold and hot and then by the, by the time you get out it's like cranked all the way to the hot setting that's how i feel yeah. like when i listen to audiobooks i'm like <laughs> in the gym like bumping up every like every set i'm like bumping up a tenth of percent so uh yeah, no, I, I definitely listen to books way too quickly and it's it's not healthy. Sometimes my comprehension suffers, but I have such a long – it's like I'm I'm stuck in that like have to be productive mindset even when I'm doing like like relaxing reading. Uh, yeah, no, it, it definitely uh, – it, it bites oh, me in the butt sometimes. I Don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, not to keep running this topic into the ground, but I'm definitely the sort of person who's like, oh, well, I'm playing a, a game, but – I don't have to be paying attention to the audio like when I'm playing Civilization. So I can absolutely have like an audiobook or a video going in the background. That's efficiency. Like audiobook, the Civ game, scrolling through TikTok. All at the same the, time. You know, you're min-maxing your free time is what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I do. And sometimes when I'm not getting the most enjoyment out of it, I'm like, I'm only playing one thing at a time. Am I like, I feel bad sometimes. Yeah, no, it's 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 pretty nuts. Uh, so we talked about what my wife is is reading, but what I have been reading since the last time we recorded was I actually um I started so I saw uh, across the Spider Verse uh, mm. a few weeks ago, and since then I've been dying to read more Spider Man, and uh, I don't think I brought it up in the in the day re debut episode of the show, but Spider Man comics are like what I'm into. I've read a significant amount of them, um, and I hadn't read much uh, uh Ultimate the line well, i forget there's so many ultimates i'm reading a new miles line miles run that i haven't run read before okay and okay. uh it's really good i really like it a lot he's weaker i think in the comics i've heard a lot a of whole. that yeah his his comics aren't as good generally as as peter parker comics have been um i also have like weird taste apparently nobody likes my favorite spider-man run which is superior spider-man which is when Doc wait Ock what are you talking about i thought that's like one of the like highest rated recent spider-man runs it's highest like, it's very highly rated but if in conversation talking to people they're like, uh, oh, like that's your favorite like i feel like okay, that's fair. within the community it's probably pretty well liked because it's very well done uh, mm-hmm. But like, if you talk to people who like Spider Man and have read Spider Man comics, they have never read Superior Spider Man, and if they have, they're like, "I didn't mm-hmm. like it." Peter Parker's not, pi- not Peter Parker. But anyway, anyway, <laughs> Jacob, how have you been doing, and what have you been reading in the last couple weeks? Yeah, so uh, I w- I do want to like tail off with this Spider Man conversation a little bit because I'm not like a huge Spider Man fan. Uh, well, like I like the stuff, I just haven't read much of it, which I should because I have Marvel Unlimited. But yeah. what I really love is, I mean, obviously. I've read like a few mini series. Like you cannot go wrong with Spider-Man Blue, mm-hmm. like incredible story. That's and then so um, Renew Your Vows, Spider-Man. I love. Ooh. Have you not read that? No, I haven't. Okay, you should do it because it's only so. There's a, f- I think there's a five or six mini issue series, um, that I think was like part of Secret War, like the like their more recent Secret Wars. Oh, okay. it's just like a another. They were they were in a, the across the Spider Verse. These characters. It's like another world where. Peter marries MJ and they have a kid. And so there's like a short, like five or six issue mini series. And then it gets like a 20 something issue on. So this is where Mayday comes in. I know. I think this is a different character because her name, this is a different spider, Spider-Man kid. Um, Her name's (laughs) Annie May Parker. Okay. Um, And I I can't remember. I want to say she's no, because 
MJ Spinneret. I can't remember okay. his daughter's name in this one. Um, but yeah, no, it's very good. Highly recommend. It's pretty short. Like the mini series is super good. And then like the first half of the longer run is good. And then they do like an age jump mm. and it, it not as great, but no, definitely recommend. But anyways, what I've actually been reading lately, uh, I just finished the audiobook right beforehand, uh, like literally 15 minutes before we got on the call. Uh, but I finished last shot, uh, which is like the last of like the main like solo books I was reading. So I've like read most wanted tales from Vandor and last shot. Um, Back to back to back. Uh, haven't done the uh, novelization, but I've done like all the comic adaptations and other comic miniseries related to it. So really liked it. Um, has like some of the like, I mean, there's been a lot of body body horror in Star Wars mm, lately. Yeah. But this is like some of the most extreme body horror I think we've had in Star Wars. Uh, and it was pretty cool. But what I'm really excited to get into next, um, I... Went to actually an event last night uh, and got The Archive Undying, which is uh, Emma Miko Cannon's new book. She wrote Ronin, which uh, the adaptation of the Vision short, uh, which okay. I really loved. It's a very different Star Wars book um, because obviously it's like not in the main canon. But like beyond that, the writing style is very unique and is really drawing me in. So I was excited. This is her like debut original novel. Um, so I got to do like visit like her book tour uh last night so i got a nice signed copy um oh that's and yeah i'm really looking forward to it it's like about um mechs like these giant mech she said she like was super inspired by pacific rim but like there's these like giant mech ai creatures that when they die they get bonded to a human and then the human is piloting the mech and some of them are bad some of them are good um, but it's a very unique, interesting sounding story. But another thing that was really exciting for me was about a couple weeks ago, they posted on Twitter. It's like, hey, I love my like book I wrote so much. I love the character I created that I had one of my friends. I commissioned them to do art of the main character. So I ordered oh, the print. Man, that's always awesome. This, and of course, I should have taken the the jacket off. But this is uh, Sunai. Uh, he's the main character. And I got the artist to sign it and Emma to sign it. So yeah, that's really neat. Cool. I'm like, it's a beautiful print. I'm very, but yeah, very, hopefully Renaissance almost, you know, can't, yeah, it, it's very like, I don't know. The colors pop everywhere as yeah, gorgeous, beautiful. I mix those words up. Um, but yeah, I, the problem is I do need to finish this in like a week. Um, <laughs> because there's another Star Wars book that is coming out, and that will be out by the time the listeners get to this episode. So, Rise of the Inquisitor, Rise of the Red Blade, coming very soon. So, yeah, yeah, I'm actually doing the review video for that, uh, for Ooh. that book. So, any moment now, I could get a Slack message from from the review team <laughs> being like, "Hey, here we go," and I got to start filming. So, like, it, know, it, 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 it's got to happen quick. <laughs> that book is relevant to the comics because remember, they first showed up in the Charles Soul run. Yeah, yeah. is cat. Um, I like have been to a few like random comic book shops, and I'm like, I'm just gonna look for because she's like in literally like three panels across two issues, and has, yeah. I think, three words of dialogue. Uh, very much like an absolute nothing background character. Didn't have a name until recently, but I'm like, it'd be cool to have her first appearance. Uh, but like, even though I found many shops with like almost the entire run. Not, always skip that issue they don't have it so interesting 
it won't be worth anything. Out. Like I'm not. It's not like I'm gonna be like, oh, this is gonna be worth like a bunch of money because <laughs> they're writing a book about this character. Like, no. It, as long if, if she's not if she's not in a TV show, it doesn't matter for value. But it's just kind of be cool to have. I love that Charles Soule run. My brother actually got the entire run um, as a Christmas gift or something, and mm-hmm. it was not too long before I went to Boston Fan Expo a year or two ago and Charles Sorrell was there. Um, And my plan was to see if my dad could find it wherever it was in his stuff, send it to me on the sly and then have me sign it and then give it to him for his birthday or have me get it signed by Charles Sorrell and then send Mm -hmm. it to him for his birthday. Didn't end up working out, but yeah, no, I love that run. That's like, so that was my like reintroduction into star Wars comics after having not touched them for a long time. Very good. Very good. Um, But Caleb, what have you been up to lately? Uh, as I mentioned, um, I'm doing a lot of uh, Mistborn right now. Yes, Mistborn. I think after that, I'll swing back into Star Wars and do... Um, I might do um, book three of the Thrawn trilogy right now. Ooh. I'm, well, we, I'm now doing a really... Or... Which Thrawn trilogy? The Thrawn trilogy yeah, that ends with, no, starts with just... Thrawn and ends with Thrawn Treason? Or the Thrawn trilogy that... Like, which one? <laughs> There's three trilogies you could be speaking of. Uh, uh, the, the, the second can... The first canon one. So... Uh, Thrawn okay. treason. Uh, treason. treason. But here's yeah. the thing. I've done I did the first of that series, Thrawn. Then I did Thrawn Ascendancy book one. Then okay. I did Thrawn, you know, was it Betrayal? Alliances. 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 Then I did the second book of the okay. of the trilogy. So now I'll do, probably do the third book of the uh, of the first trilogy and then the third book of the last trilogy. Okay. I liked it better when we could say Thrawn trilogy. Exactly. There's too many of them now. There really yeah, is, but and it, they need like a catchier, like pithy name, you know, like <laughs> Canon One and Canon Two don't really have it. Like Legends, like the Legend series, we get that, and then Canon One, that's great, and then Thrawn Ascendancy, I guess that's how we can. The, this, yeah, the Ascendancy works. It. The problem is if you try and say the Thrawn trilogy, it, most people are probably going to associate that with Legends. Yeah, even though now, it's not the and, Thrawn. Like there is no like Thrawn label on it. But then also, yeah, well, the he messed it up when he re- named the first canon Thrawn book Thrawn. Thrawn, like that no, no subtitle. All, well, also, the first three canon books are not a technical trilogy. trilogy they were never no. planned as an, a trilogy. They were just like they wrote a book and then they got to write another book and then they got to write another book. But like they don't, they're not like a cohesive set. Yeah. Like no, but they books one well. and three are more similar than books, you know. Yeah. Two is kind of an outlier. Two yeah, is definitely an outlier. Two feels like a Clone prequel Wars episode. or like, sorry, sorry. Yeah, two is a Clone Wars episode. Well, at least half of it is. 100%. And also, like, two almost feels like it could have been released as, like, Thrawn Ascendancy novella uh, or no. something, like, along those what? lines. <laughs> I haven't really pulled the rest of the Utini crew here, but I'm going to say this here. I think I didn't really like Thrawn Ascendancy book two. Like, Ascendancy? Yeah, the second book, I felt like there's it's a very, lot of I can space. understand why you wouldn't with like, because there's like, there's so much emphasis on like the Zodlak family and like the, um, uh, the farmers. Like there's that, a like, point where like, like where there's that side story with like, uh, there's like a main character and like, they were trying to like, like navigate around like this annoying couple and their bird watching habits. And like, I, this is the only time I've done it for anything. I was like, I'm just going to skip a couple minutes forward and they're still talking about birds. Oh my God. <laughs> it's, yeah. Well, yeah. Oh yeah. If you were listening to the audiobook, you also had to listen to, uh, 
Yomi and uh, oh, Yoponek. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it was the audio. Or, that's not, the not is it Yoponek? Yeah, Yoponek, I know Yomi. Yeah. Yomi's, yeah, Yomi Yomi's the valley girl, and then Yoponek's the, the like worst. the skater bro like, surfer like, dude. If they I were saw... trying to have an emotional like connection when he <laughs> she was killed off by the villain, I was like, it was the wrong emotional connection. I was like, I can't believe it took you like eight chapters. Not Yomi, bro. <laughs> Yomi, my love. Well, it was. I uh, I have read Thrawn, and then I also read Alliances and Treason, and then I read Thrawn Ascendancy one, and I've been meaning, I've been telling myself like, you got to read Thrawn Ascendancy two and three, and now I don't know. I, okay, right at the say, top of my TBR. <laughs> I think it's a good. I I I just with caleb i think it's a very enjoyable book i do think it might be like if you have a choice of audiobook versus reading physically i might lean read physically just because there are like it's not a big deal there just are a few like grading voices in that book okay. but is um, it mark thompson yeah, yeah. and okay. he does a good job like you know the yeah, he's, always yeah. Great. He, like, he's he's accomplishing what he's going is, out for very well it just could be is, annoying <laughs> Like okay. I would say it is a good book, but it is buried beneath a lot of why Phil was filler for like a better okay. term. There's a, the family politics is not maybe around a, a the family that you care about. Exactly. And I feel like the dragons are more like, expensive than novellas. Exactly. I feel like you need there's kind of like a oh crap, I need to add like an extra like you know 50 pages. So I gotta I, fill I, it Caleb, out you have since bit. you have not read this a lot uh, to kind of like you know eventually get us back on track to yoda <laughs> someday uh you have not read the third book a lot i think book two feeds into book three way more than you're going to anticipate okay perfect, perfect. so it, it, it is worth your time i um, did not think there, that there was, was the book two you were gonna say you didn't like i thought you were gonna say you didn't like thrawn alliances i liked which, alliances i really I liked liked alliances, alliances but you also read thrawn ascendancy one before you read alliances i read thrawn alliances and i was like what is happening right now and why does this book exist and then i read thrawn ascendancy one and i was like it makes perfect sense yeah it's so good yeah because Caleb was like probably the, one of the only people that got that crossover in the opposite direction mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah, yes, exactly. I, I'm a big fan, but not so much that I have to read it the moment it comes out. Though uh, this is also slightly related to get us back on track, and it's a good thing we uh, we were kind of delayed a day in doing this. And I watched a lot of Rebels because I'm going my wife through Rebels right now. And there's a it, we watched the episode last night where uh, the three of them, uh, Janus, uh, uh, Ezra, Kanan. and Ahsoka, and Kanan yeah. go to the uh, the Jedi Temple and meet and Ezra meets uh, Yoda one more time and it's like oh this is actually really relevant to what we're seeing right now so um, yeah I feel like we've wasted well not wasted but we've kind of beat around the uh, the train here so maybe we should actually start talking about our Yoda series here right yeah so those of you attention when I was when I first brought the episode and we are talking about Yoda episodes seven through or excuse me episodes issues seven through nine on this podcast now this is the conclusion of the or excuse me this is not the conclusion this is the last of the three sub arcs inside the 10 issue miniseries um and uh just for for context the creative team here it was written by mark guggenheim it, the art was by alessandra miracolo colored by annalisa leone covered by phil noyo loved it and letters by joe carmanga now um we talked about yoda uh issues one through three we didn't come on the podcast and talk about issues uh, four through six. I also read those in conjunction with seven through nine. And I got to say, I love this series like as a whole. It was incredible. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. It's it's been like yeah, it like Parker touched on a little bit. It's an, it's been an interesting structure where we have it's ten issue maxi series, three issues, three issues, and three issues make up arcs um, across different periods of Yoda's life. So we have a High Republic period written by Kevin Scott. We have a like pre Clone Wars period uh, written by Jody Hauser, and then this one during the Clone Wars written by Mark Guggenheim. Um, and each of these are it's similar to the uh, the recent Obi-Wan miniseries where we got mm. that we got where it's like five issues and each one is a different lesson that Obi-Wan kind of learned throughout his life that got him to the Jedi he is today. And that's kind of what Yoda is. These three stories that like but instead of him like oh, where Obi-Wan was learning a lot, it's Yoda kind of passing teaching. on what he knows is and teach what he knows and teaching. And there's similar lessons that you're going to recognize if you're if you're, you know, familiar with Star Wars properties like, you know. <laughs> size matters not or you know all these other things like there are, it's repeated themes that we're seeing throughout these and then they're all going to culminate uh in a couple weeks with issue 10 which is going back to Kevin scott and it is yoda reflecting all these on all these as he is on dagobah uh so at post a new hope probably also after empire strikes back but it's not really super clear um just for vibes i don't know why i'm saying that but i I think they they can make it clear that's before episode four right before obi-wan passes no 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 No. obi-wan's dead (laughs) yeah yeah no obi-wan's mad dead maybe i missed (laughs) i missed he's very dead uh but yeah so and but yeah so we're gonna kind of get probably the culmination of all these things in the last issue so it's been it's been an interesting um structure i think with all these like three issue arcs it can feel a little setup heavy at the beginning of the arc. Um, like it's a lot of like, you know, we're getting to the point and then end of issue two into issue three is where the like real good stuff happens. But no, I've, I think, you know, I've enjoyed all of them. Um, it might be a better reading experience to like be able to read it in these chunks rather than, you know, read issue one and then wait a month. And I mean, but that's like, that's just comic books. So I can't really hold it against the series. Uh, but yeah, so that is Yoda, the miniseries. Caleb, do we want to talk about what happened in this arc? Absolutely. So uh, this series takes place, as we mentioned, during the Clone Wars, as Master Yoda himself picks up a tip about next generation separatist weapon, codename Project Titan. Joining forces with a young Anakin Skywalker, Yoda infiltrates an enemy base, comes to blow with General Grievous and learns the secret factory's location. Um, you know, leading a charge and losing their entire clone contingent to a hidden ambush, the two Jedi plant detonators and collapse the underground facility, but not before one prototype Titan droid is activated and attacks Yoda and Anakin. The old master clambers inside the droid and disables it from within, but not before being stuck in space, where Anakin must trust in the light side of the Force to save this master. Uh, it, it's like, when I sum it up like that, it's like, wow, that was actually not a whole lot happened. But like when you read it like as like the three issues, there's a lot going on. And harken back to what we said before, I really like the three-issue like setup. Like Sometimes I feel like, you know, arcs can be a little long with a classic five or six issues. But I feel like three is a really good number to have like a kind of a setup, like a kind of an exposition and didn't like camp up. They don't have to rush to get like the ending done in like four panels. Like I feel like they have a 
like we like issue three the well technically issue nine of this had like a good amount of like setup but then you know it could take its time within the med bay and like you know reinforcing the lessons and talking a little bit more so they had the time to actually do a you know a proper like arc here so yeah this was a this was a lot of fun here i you know i think we mentioned either like in the beginning or at the pre-show this one felt an awful lot like not what a a clone wars episode from the cutting room floor but definitely like a an episode that was not written for the clone wars but would have absolutely fit in yeah no i i like i like this this structure like we talked about it almost like not to you know just straight up reference the last uh issue the last episode we, we recorded but it really does feel similar in a way to the vader black white and red structure where it's like we have the overarching story or the one story story thread that's common through every episode and then we uh have separate stories that we get to enjoy inside obviously within the context of like yoda flashing back to times in his life that made him who he was one of my favorite things that that you mentioned is how while they are short they are able to pack a pretty decent emotional punch inside those three issues and i think that one of the coolest things about Yoda as a whole, especially Yoda within this series, is that all of his best moments are out of combat. And I think that a lot of people get maybe a little spoiled with Jedi in combat. Like lightsabers are cool and everybody wants to see them fight, especially with Yoda. Like, I mean, think about it. One of the coolest moments in any of the movies was when Yoda finally picks up his lightsaber and we get to see him fight Count Dooku after five movies of never seeing him do something like that. So it was really cool. But the 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 climactic moments in all three of these arcs, but uh, specifically in this one is always Yoda teaching and Yoda being that mentor figure, which I think is really important because we know him in the movies and in all of the other media that he's been in as that like professor that like the, the, the teacher and instructor for the entire Jedi order. And I think that bringing that in, in the way that they did of, of actually being, more important than fighting general grievous like up until this point i wasn't aware that yoda fought general grievous i i think that that's super important to to bring to light that like combat's not the only thing jedi are here for and yoda's kind of always the vessel we get that in uh but i think it was just really well executed here excellent and we you know in the previous bit if you if you listener if you haven't you definitely should read this entire series it's a lot of great uh yoda content here but in this like specific arc we see yoda as a much more of a warrior you know he's leading battles and striking at enemies like do we feel like this is like a big like betrayal of his the character we've seen up to this point in the series and what we know kind of as yoda as a person like how do we feel about seeing yoda as general you know general yoda here i think that's like it's hard because this is definitely like more like especially like comparing it to like the first arc where he's like you know like yo i'm not trying to kill people like what are you doing like you Mm -hmm. know we're very much taking the non-violent path uh, towards things um Mm -hmm. i think this is part of it's probably the evolution of him like now grappling with the galactic war and you know who knows i there really is no help on like timeline where this takes place mm-hmm. exactly it feels but, like you know, it's early into clone wars because i feel like he's still teaching anakin and he seems like he, a little yeah, younger anakin. there's no reference to ahsoka so like maybe she's not around yet. like i don't mm-hmm. know like but he's you know he's been through it a little bit at this point um so like you're pressed into battle i 
it's i i partially feel like this is almost a ship that sailed 20 years ago at this point where like you know if you were really a fan at like obviously there are there are two sides to this character there is the kooky empire strikes back Mm-hmm. wizard man like uh or um hermit man and then there's the, the one that when president of battle will do you know crazy triple flips over count dooku and all this stuff I, but like i think we've arrived a while ago to the point where like when it's needed yoda will take these actions but not like it, it's always necessity it, it is i think the part that weirded me out was I think this also like goes more into like the differences between Yoda and Anakin's character. Cause like there, when we're on the, uh, the first planet, um, or no, the second planet where they take the clone, like clone forces in, mm-hmm. like you, they get ambushed. You have all these people, like all the droids shooting in on Yoda and Anakin and this clone battalion. And it kind of reminds me of like, um, some of the early Kanan issues in a way. Um, but anyways, or at some of the other like mini series like Mace Windu or stuff like that. Okay. Yoda just like, I'm gonna figure out what's like, I'm gonna figure out what's happening. Peace out. Like, good luck, Anakin. Um, and he comes, he like figures out like where they were and like helps dispatch them. But then he gets back and all of the clones are dead. And Anakin has like this emotional moment with like this captain Caesar character who is very much a red shirt in this kind of scenario where it's like, Oh yeah, here's the clone. And the, you know, he's dead within the issue. You meet him. Uh, but then like Yoda's like, all right, let's go. Like, I think it's very much the, this theme that we've seen with Anakin specifically a lot of, he really cares about the people he's serving with uh, mm. to where for other Jedi or other people in the Republic, the clones can be seen as more disposable. I like, I thought that dynamic was a little bit more, interesting to me than you know should yoda be fighting or not yeah and i feel like that's a that's a good thing and it's you know i feel like there's like a mix of like is yoda like i don't think yoda ever thinks of life as disposable but i feel like Mm -hmm. he's because he's such a good jedi master like he knows that oh like they are dead they are now one with the force like we do like it's less like callousness and more just like you know extreme acceptance of the fact that they are dead and but that is something that as a Jedi, they come in contact with a lot. So it's something that it's more comfortable about letting go and moving forward. Yeah. That's a really Yoda feeling to, to express. Mm-hmm. Like I, I thought about that while I was reading it. It's like, okay, all these clones are dead. And of course, Anakin has the emotional response and things like that. Uh, and Yoda was very Yoda about all of it. Like he was really in character as this like all knowing guy. And he, and he does remind uh, uh, himself in in anakin that you know they are you know they're one with the force this is this is how Mm -hmm. these type of things work i actually didn't know whether captain caesar was a red shirt kind of character uh yeah i I I don't think he's been around before okay okay yeah i was gonna say because i'm not familiar with him um and i thought it was interesting like as soon as it wasn't like a rex or anything i was like okay i think this guy's gonna die uh especially because since the very like first panel of of these three issues like you you see like we have no time this is very quick we're in mortal danger here this is a big project that could bring an end to the republic as we know it so like seems like uh, there's gonna be a lot of bloodshed in this in, in these I, issues i'm a little disappointed because i feel like they wasted the caesar name like if you're gonna call him it's spelled different than like julius caesar but if you're gonna call him caesar like you need to have him get stabbed in the back like i'm sorry that's that's yeah. the rules maybe he was 100%. shot 21 times i don't know 
<laughs> it's like the, we are not a the, we as a franchise are not above this. We had a, we had an episode of the Clone Wars about the Zillow Beast, as that is definitely a Godzilla analog. If you're gonna call a clone Captain Caesar, we had like, like let's go for the Julius Caesar references. They they had a yeah. villain called Savage Oppress. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little on the nose, <laughs> like a little bit, a little bit there. So yeah, like but you it, know what? Like, I ate that shit up. So it's great. It's great. Like you know, it, there's nothing quite like you know when you reach into your pantry and you see a, a box of Ritz crackers and it says Ritz crackers on the label. Like I know what I'm getting here. Like you know, yeah. Like we're like this is Maul's brother. He's bigger and more evil, and his name is Savage. I'm like, oh yeah, this is this is what I'm here for. Well, yeah, I, I think that you could you could almost extend that to the whole series as a whole. When you see a comic series with Yoda on the front, you expect super teacher guy. You expect the occasional absolutely awesome combat sequence and things like that. But at the end of the day, I think that the the punch is going to be packed in his mentorship and things like that. Absolutely. So yeah, I, I think that's cool. I, going off that, Parker, I think it is interesting. Like now that you bring that up is like because, yeah, even though like Yoda, like, you know, goes kind of crazy and with his like dueling in the end of attack of the clones and the end of revenge of the Sith for the majority of the time we see him, he is like still the teacher, the, the hermit, mm-hmm. the old man. Um, and so far of the three arcs we've gotten, he did not basically do anything physical until this, the end of this one. Like he yeah. took no, took no physical action in the first arc besides defending when he yeah. had to non-lethally, from what we can tell he took no action really in the second one uh and then yeah just now while we're getting into this big galactic civil war uh is when he is really like finally pressed into doing something and still it's like it's droids like you you have that like you know the 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 that back pocket excuse of like well they're just you know hey the jedi can still be good because they're just taking out droids so That is a question. It's like, do you feel like fighting Jedi with a giant army of droids was like the best or the worst decision? Like, it's great because like they can't be mind controlled or like physically, you know, uh, control mentally controlled by the Jedi mind tricks, but or can't be sent and it can't be sensed with their life, you know, sense or whatever. But also, like, there's like so many Jedi, like, yeah, I'll kill a thousand droids, no problem. Killing one sentient, that's a problem, but droids, you well, know. You see, Caleb, here's the genius part is you fight them with a droid army. And then when you don't expect them, you fight them with a clone army. So, you know, exactly. in the end, it all works out. It does all work out. And some great machinations there. I think that honestly, I've thought about this a lot, actually, like why the droid army is the main antagonist of the of the prequel trilogy. And I think mm-hmm. part of that is the lack of the ability to mind control them because we've established mm-hmm. that that happens. Uh, and it's so strong that it's continuously like anytime there's a character that needs to manipulate a Jedi, they have to say out loud that I cannot be mind controlled. Like that is how strong that power itself is. So the mm-hmm. fact that I have a whole army that's not susceptible to that, I think it's good. I also think it gives the perfect way to get rid of the droids once the empires formed because they're just droids. You just turn them off. They're gone. So uh, those are my two like big things that I could watch for a while. About it's really easy to market your show to for kids when all when all the people that die are just you know robots. Yeah, hundred percent, absolutely. <laughs> all right. Well, I have another quick question about uh, Yoda here. Like, you know, we've we've long established that Yoda's probably like the best teacher. He's the best like leader and wise person of the uh, like yo know, educator among the uh, Jedi here. But 
you know, do you think he's a great leader for doing so many things himself? Or do you think he should be delegating more? Like, do you really think, like, is he a great, great leader because he is so wise or because they elected him because he's so, has much history? Or do you think, like, do you, do you, do you know, like, I don't know if anyone on the Jedi Council at during the Clone Wars would be, like, necessarily a better leader of the Jedi, but do you feel like we've often seen where like someone who is really good at one aspect gets promoted, even though like management and like delegation might not be their strong suits, you know? So I think that, uh, and I, I kind of have a bunch of thoughts about this. I think that the reason we see Yoda in the capacity that we do in these three issues is supposed to mean something that is established mm -hmm. outside of these particular comics. Every single time we see Yoda pick up a lightsaber and use it aggressively, it is against either a Sith Lord or mm -hmm. a direct threat to two institutions, the Republic or the Jedi Order. Every single time we have ever seen him attack someone or be or defend himself with his lightsaber, it is in defense of those institutions. And I think that every time he's, he goes to a planet to do something for the Clone Wars or gets involved personally in something it adds a layer of like, holy cow, this is important. This is really a dire situation. I think that part of the choice to, to send himself to go handle this situation was to illustrate this Titan threat is a big time threat. This needs to be handled by Yoda and everybody's favorite character. Like th that's the, the, the idea behind this. Mm-hmm. I I, can't, I I like what you you said about like you know the you're good at one thing and you kind of just get promoted up, uh, up until the there is, until you until like you hit that ceiling. I think Yoda and I especially feel this after reading a lot of higher public stories. Yoda is best when he is teaching people on in a one on one scenario or a small group scenario, and I think he even like you know likes that and prefers that where you can see it in like. The higher public adventures the, for phase one where he's like i'm out i'm gonna go teach some kids that I'm sounds like an rv full of teenagers and we're gonna party it's gonna be yeah great. it's like i'd rather do great. that than sit around the board meeting peace out or well, like we, yeah the same thing we with, see that in the uh in this the very in this very comedy yeah. arc yeah the first arc is like you know i'm going to take it like an extended vacation sort of thing in a, a tropical planet and like teach them like this one yeah. person a lesson I think yeah, if Yoda think, was left to his own devices outside the order, that's what he would do. Um, 100%. And I think that's I where he's I best. also – I think in, in, in issues four through six, we see something a little similar where it's like I now have a huge class of children and I can't be as personal as I would like to be. Hey, uh, Master Duke, what, what, how about you come in and, and help? Yeah, uh, I think he's like such an – you know, he's obviously such a strong and capable and compassionate Jedi that, yeah, just the fact that he's – 800 900 years old is he's eventually getting to like work his way up that like up the ladder because literally everyone around him is going to die eventually just of old age if nothing else um exactly and, and so like yeah i don't so you know feel like he was like they're like hey yoda you're like the oldest person why don't you be in charge and is he just like too nice or polite to say like yo no i don't think that or is there enough like pressure from people like mace window kiati monday camp people like well yo the force is really strong in Yoda. So therefore he should be at the center of our sort of, you know, position here. I think there's pre external pressure for sure. I am like, again, going back to the higher public, I, I do question and I, I, I have issues with Yoda's like leadership as a whole um, of the Jedi order, but like 
where really like gives me pause is in phase one, you have three grandmasters uh, of 12 mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. on the council. And it's like, that is the only time we have known multiple grandmasters to exist. Uh, well, sorry, the high Republic in general, there are some earlier before that, but like after that, as far as we know, it's just Yoda. Um, and I feel like, I think it would make more sense to spread out that responsibility and, you know, especially it's very easy to become set in your ways when you've been around for 900 years. Uh, I think there are more Jedi's that more Jedi that could have taken on that burden and maybe helped, you know, obviously they have to eventually lose and all die, but like in a, in an alternate world where order 66 doesn't happen um, or could be avoided, I think there are better ways to have led the, the order um, but I could talk about this for 45 minutes, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> cut myself there. <laughs> exactly, it, it's a fascinating topic of like, you know, like what did, could did people have done differently here? So, well, but before we get like, let's talk into like Camp One, the architects of Order 66, Anakin Skywalker himself. As we kind of mentioned, like, it's nice seeing like Anakin and, and Yoda having like a really good like one-on-one connections here. Like we, we see Anakin like is well known for a snarky and like kind of jokey side. And it's not usually like bounces it off of like Obi-Wan's like dry humor. And that's a lot of, there's a lot of fun. Like, you know, seeing him like ping Obi-Wan with like a one-liner or a singer and seeing him groan, but it's great because he'll like ping Yoda here several times and Yoda just literally throws it back at him. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that. I like the dynamic. Uh, I think that we have been very used to seeing Anakin bounce off that brick wall. That's Obi-Wan. And the the cool context that you get to see of like, I think everybody also gets their fill of seeing like the, the snarky back and forth whenever you watch Clone Wars and see Anakin interact mm-hmm. with Ahsoka. And I think that she has such an incredible pull as a character, partly for that reason, because you get to see those personalities go up again, uh, not against each other, but like bounce off of each other. Mm-hmm. But the 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 encouragement that Yoda gives mm-hmm. and like the the push and pull relationship that you see in these three issues is really cool. Like even in the most dire of circumstances yoda's like freezing to death in space they're still trading blows and and it's cool it's like hey anakin you have this personality that's not necessarily a bad thing go ahead and let it breathe a little bit kid and uh yeah no i i like that dynamic a lot Mm-hmm. And like you could definitely seem like if if Yoda had spent more time training Anakin like specifically, like maybe it would have turned out differently, or maybe Anakin would have just gotten an even bigger ego of like I was trained by Yoda now now I can absolutely <laughs> do no wrong, Mister Palpatine. What are you trying to tell me? That makes sense. I feel like Yoda could have like Anakin like you know learned the lesson that he was imparted in this one, and like I think walked away for the better. I feel like over a longer period of time, he would have come become so sick of Yoda's shit. Yeah, probably. <laughs> like, just talk normal. Like when you <laughs> when you're making fun of me, you can talk in a normal uh, structure. Just like in just like imagine in the heat of a battle, and like Yoda's like, okay, well, like I could like solo this, but I want to make it a learning experience. And Anakin's just like <laughs> fighting for his life. And it's like, please just help me. <laughs> yeah no 100 it's definitely like sometimes throw into the fire type style for yoda and uh yeah, i feel like no. anakin anakin is is very good at taking the reins but if they're forced into his hand he doesn't respond very well all the time that would have been pretty hard to deal with that's pretty yeah. funny now now i do and i did enjoy one particular aspect of this 
And we talked about, you know, Yoda being the ultimate teacher and things like that. And how even during like Jacob, you just referenced, I don't think it's that, that out of, uh, out of the question that even during the heat of a battle, Yoda could turn it into a learning opportunity because we actually see in these issues right here, Yoda, like I said, is freezing to death. He's trapped in outer space. He's desperate and needs Anakin to help him. And he still manages to turn it into a teaching moment for Anakin. And, trains literally in real time is training Anakin how specifically to breathe and reach out to the light side of the force. And I don't know, not that Anakin was never told, Hey, the dark side's bad and the light side's good. But I think sometimes he could have benefited from a little more pointed direction uh, during his training. And the fact that Yoda actually is like, reach out to the light side, do this, do that. And we'll be okay. I think that was a really cool dynamic that brought itself forward in these, in these issues. Yeah. It's interesting to phrasing because like any other time we see the, the Jedi talking about the force, like just reach out to the force, just fill out and expand and get to the force and, you know, avoid the dark side. But like, it's kind of like there, the base assumption is the force is good, but there's a bad side over here to not touch. But it seems like Yoda is very specifically saying, light side do you think that's anything that we need to read too deeply into it or is he like specifically saying hey just reach out to the force feel the light you know feel the goodness of it hmm i didn't think about that is he seeing something we're not yet i wish we knew where in the timeline this was because like watching clone wars there's this you everybody always talks about it. there's this distinct like curve you see anakin take um and I wish I knew what point in the Clone Wars this was because he like that seems like something Yoda feels is very important to clarify. I Yeah, I think I'm with Caleb that it feels earlier because, yeah, like there's like no mention really of Ahsoka. Anakin, yeah. ha- it's at least not it's at least not season seven because Anakin has short hair still. Mm-hmm. And I feel but- like if you were getting later into the timeline although Anakin is upset by Captain Caesar dying, he would have been like way more violent if we were getting into the back half of the Clone Wars. Yeah. So yeah. maybe may, may just like his first like couple of months of the Clone Wars and he has, that's like Caesar was his first like command. Yeah, it's possible. Who knows? I mean, they even said like, like when they're like dispatching these clones, they're saying it's like a no- newly formed like regiment or whatever. So, or it's so like, you know, I in the when I first read it, I was like, oh, it's just, you know, they're just they got a new batch out, whatever. But, you know, maybe it is like, hey, this is we are in the process of forming these early like battle groups of clones. And this is, you know, just one of the new ones. Although I don't I'm just, I don't remember seeing phase one helmets, but I also didn't, I guess, look for that. Yeah, um, I'm going to have to see. I wonder if I let me pull up. It's been a like. Not such it's, a one that I can tell it off. It, no, it's one, phase two Caesar helmets. Pa- the yeah, Caesar panel. Two. I'm gonna go ahead and throw it up on the uh, on the stream for our video watchers. But this is so. This is the panel Rip. with with Anakin and Caesar. Doesn't have a phase one, and that's really the only main distinction, right? The helmets for phase one and phase two. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah and yeah, it looks like they do have phase two helmets. So okay, interesting. So that puts this at least a couple years after the start of the war. Maybe, yeah. I should Again. know when when phase two happens, but I don't. That's about to say. We'll, yeah, we'll let the how, timeline worry about that because we also have Jerry. You because we also have a uh, General Grievous. He also makes a, a single issue appearance here. Absolutely. Like, 
and he like he does the meme he does the thing like yoda jumps down it's like aha i was trained in your Jedi arts by count dooku but i feel like this time it actually has like a little bit more of a sting because you know yoda trained dooku specifically and then you know you know and then trained grievous so kind of like you know i'm kind of turning your own instructions against I'm you your, sort I'm of your thing. grandson yeah <laughs> <laughs> like do you think he was doing that to brag do you think he was like a calculate i'm gonna like use this as a verbal bar to get under like yoda's skin here oh i think it's definitely like yeah like a mental weapon like you know yeah. grievous is very like pr prides himself on a warrior as a warrior I, I think it was with purpose uh there was two moments um that i i really enjoyed from it one was him like yoda at the end stealing the lightsaber being yeah. like you know just like the like you know I have another from like, you know, the whole like grievous collection meme. It's like, Nope, mm -hmm. minus one. <laughs> you're, yep. you're coming out of this battle, uh, less than you thought. Um, and the other, and the other thing I loved is they still kept up the, the, um, you know, ongoing gag of the fact that Anakin and grievous can never meet before yeah. revenge of the Sith. <laughs> They're on the same planet. And Anakin, I actually remember outside. thinking that while reading, I was like, well, I know that even though the cover has grievous and this issue, these issues have Anakin, they're not going to see each other. So no, yes, that, that breaks the timeline there, but it also kind of shows to, to your first point there, Jacob, that, you know, how much Yoda does care about the order. Like, you know, like he saw a, a, a lightsaber of a dead Jedi and he made sure that he could try to take that home with him. That's going back in the Kyber arch exactly like you know like this is like this is a weapon of a jedi and like yoda's not like probably like the least prideful person but like you can tell like you know this is important to him like you know i'm not going to let you get away with using this this tool for evil essentially mm. so yeah, no, yeah it, it, it was fun seeing grievous kind of getting like you know, a couple blows against Yoda there and seeing a little like recap of like yes Yoda is a really good lightsaber duelist here um, but, you know, not even he can stop everything. Like, it, it was kind of, now we, we alluded to this before, but speaking of Grievous and his battle droids, there's a very rare, it wasn't in the long term, but a very rare uh, droid win, a big droid, like, ambush killing off, killed off a ton of, like, clothes, like, in it clones an entire platoon, like, all at once in that ambush. It's like, wow, I didn't realize these droids could hit anything now. Are you, how can you forget the, you know, goaded Jedi general, I'm a gun die, <laughs> who sacrificed himself along with his clone battalion in Was order to save, I think, people on Ryloth? Yeah. I, I think that, I think that had to deal with, like, the, uh, the little girl who gets, like, with the, the blue twilight yeah, that yeah, gets, yeah, like, yeah. lost. Uma, I think. I don't know. I, I think, yeah, but yeah, she just showed up in, in Rebels. So I like I, I remembered her. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a very okay. important character. But no, like, <laughs> you know, like it's rare to see like the battle droids actually like, you know, have an actual like, you know, military like victory over clones and like completely decimate or wipe out an entire system for 100 percent. Like, I think that the the the, cl the clone plus Jedi battle unit feels a lot like like the battle of thermopylae like 300 and we could have a quarter of the numbers we're still gonna gonna pull it out it is not very often that we see any form of battle droid just completely rout like these superiorly trained uh clones who have the benefit of human choice and things like that like it's pretty impressive that not only did we get to see like an actual military conflict between two you know two large ish factions 
uh, within the context of the Clone Wars inside of a three-issue series, but like that they chose to go in the direction of, okay, we're going to put Anakin, I think specifically Anakin and, and Yoda, in, in a place where Anakin's going to be wrestling with emotions because he doesn't lose his, his troops very often. I think that was really important to why that happened. You know, it's super interesting to see what happens. Like, you know, the how well the droid army can succeed when it's, you know, engaging in guerrilla warfare rather than just like we're just getting the block of droids like the Battle of Naboo. And we're just going to march them in one direction. You know, like, yeah. listen, Napoleon had it right when it came to warfare. Like, single columns straight in rush but they didn't have bayonets that would have been the, the kicker if they had bayonets just fixed bayonets man they well, should have fixed bayonets speaking of bayonets like we we can't have like they 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 followed through they had the big t's like we got this huge like you know titan droids like you're gonna be yeah. so bad that they blow up the factory which by the way i love the factory to design i liked how you know they essentially pulled back in and like mm -hmm. went back to the attack of the clones and just yes, redid exactly. that like it didn't feel cheap at all it felt like it felt great seeing that design again i'm like oh yeah that is perfect i love seeing that big red smoky like industrial line with all the rust colors and the arms coming down it was amazing to see that again i i love that but yeah you know we did actually see the big at least one of those prototypes come out and like a huge massive gundam fight and you know uh, how how do we feel about that design there that design of the killer droid here yeah i'll be honest it didn't yeah. do like a whole lot for me it's just like another humanoid droid i think that's like it, it just with like the medium of comic books it's like hard like when they're like it's like four times bigger than a battle droid like i don't think the scale ever really hits you on mm -hmm. to be honest with the with like mm -hmm. the like sh like the framing that they choose so it's, it's like four perspective it seems like in yeah this like you you i feel like you need like a wide shot to see like the droid towering over them whereas like this is like i mean it could be huge or it just could be behind them and the cameras looking up. It's hard to tell. Uh, so like, it didn't like do a whole lot for me to be honest. Uh, like it's still like, it looks cool, but like you could replace this, like in the shot, you could replace it with a B2 super battle droid. And I wouldn't like the effect would not change on me. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. I think part of the, the badassery or whatever that we're supposed to be feeling from from this is supposed to or at least for me it was a little rooted in the fact that like the deadliness of battle droids is established early in the route of the clones and so like these guys are a threat and now they're stronger kind of thing um so that yeah. context did a lot for me but like i think i think like you said that this kind of looks like a forced perspective almost kind of thing where it's like oh this is basically the size of this could be the size of grievous for all i know yeah for sure yeah, like it, it's a fun design, but you know, it definitely felt like it didn't. We didn't have enough, um, for like context or like we didn't see. We need to see it. That's terrible sounds. We need to see it like stomp on a few clones to really get the yeah. idea of what yeah. it was doing. So you know, it was fun, but it's also there's always the question is like, why don't they make bigger battle droids? You know, like you know, like they said, like they yeah. blew up the foundry, so they be able to take them years to make anything that big. But you know, it's always like, well, why can't you just like you'll get a couple of b b1 battle choice on gymnastics teams and like have them like standing on each other's you know it's shoulders like, here the silly thing is i i think like i guess kind of like going forward a little bit is like when they okay spoilers they destroy the they destroy the factory and they're like mm -hmm. yo's like we set them back several years which like <laughs> it, it reminds it gives me the vibes of um stuxnet 
uh in the uh, iran nuclear program oh uh, like ah okay. oh, we destroyed it so they can't do anything for years it's gonna take them so long to build them back this back up but like it's the trade federation like i understand this is a big factory but like they can the just build another there, factory that's like probably the longest part of yeah it's like building. like they, they they have like a money faucet and yeah. a ton of resources I think they can probably build another factory, but like, you know, again, if this is early in the war, they might be like naive to like the realities of what's going on. So real real quick on the, on the note of the factory and Caleb, you brought this up a little bit ago. Uh, The design itself is like super cool. If you, if you were to like, if this was created on like an AI prompt, an AI art prompt, or if you were to give this to a college art class and just give them a prompt, it would be like, do attack of the clones, droid factory but like way bigger and you can't see the bottom mm-hmm. and like if that was the prop it was executed incredibly well because this is this shot right here that's on screen is like yeah i, I love it this is one of my favorite yeah. panels and i all think what's su- super cool about it is like you know anakin is is astonished by the scale of the place and it's like yeah he saw the one on geonosis and he like yeah for him to be like what holy cow like you know it's it's big Yoda doesn't have uh, dialogue here, but uh, I do love the idea in my head canon that he's just like, yeah. He's like, size matters not. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, holy cow, that's like 100% why it's that big. (laughs) Exactly. It doesn't matter. All right. So um, we got one more thing we want to bring up is this is kind of. this is episode or issue three of the third arc and the last issue would kind of be tying together like the, this like overarching story of him talking to uh to obi-wan's you know ghost here and i, I read quickly pulled up the issue and i see what you mean like yes obi-wan is dead for some reason when i read it when i first read it i can't saw it i thought it said you know yoda says you know i saw your death uh your death i saw i thought it meant like oh i saw that happening in the future like that's something that's going to be happening but okay yeah that makes obi-wan is definitely dead at this point so and he talks about how you know you know we can't save the galaxy anymore like you know you know we i failed to stop palpatine the first time like there's i can't beat him like do you feel like he's yoda's being like a little melancholic a little sad or do you feel like you know, Yoda just knows that there's no way for him to beat the Emperor, like, no matter how hard he tries. Like, we get into some, like, weird Dragon Ball level, like, power level mm. scaling, like, you know, Yo- Yo- Yoda's here, but the Emperor's here, and therefore they can never touch our... I'm gonna take it in a different direction of, like, maybe it's not necessarily, like, yeah, like, the pure, like, uh, it can can Superman beat Goku kind of conversation, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> but, like, in Yoda's mind, like maybe he, you know, maybe he rightly thinks you cannot win this this duel one on one. It would probably be close, but like you know, the Emperor also has a empire of resources at his will to at least slow him down quite a bit. And he um, fights dirty, and he does fight dirty. He uses the dark side, but like it, from Yoda's mind, you know, he is since we've established he is like such a good teacher among like beyond anything else. I think for him, it's just like a, I would rather bide my time and try and pass on what i know to some more people um even if it's not like training a specific like a jedi specifically but just like training people in the ways of the force and building them up so maybe one day someone else can do this job uh whereas if i just like try and solo it and die then we're you know there is no hope ever and like there's you know the likelihood of someone independently being able to rise up is so slim 
exactly. Yeah, like, I, I, I agree. Uh, I think I don't know. I'm going to take also again in another kind of direction, but I, I don't know if this is necessarily like that Superman beats Goku thing. I think it's almost like a. I think Yoda believes he could uh, beat him, maybe in some in some sense. But I think he's also acknowledging maybe it's not written out for us plain, but like some sort of mental health block that he's got with the whole situation. Like he's he failed royally like very badly and kind of the republic died because of it probably the way that he's looking at it or it definitely could be the way he's looking at it and i don't know that he doesn't think that he has the power or that the force wouldn't guide him how to do it i think it's more of like a i am a i am a deficient vessel of this duty and i don't know if i'd be able to perform at that level because the weight of my past failure is really affecting me you know, like maybe he recognized, like I not only did I lose in the Senate chamber, you know, when I confronted him physically, but you know, Yoda, he was probably thinks I lost this war, this battle five years ago, ten years ago, when I said, "Oh yeah, yeah we'll join the Clone Wars," like we'll put ourselves in that position. Like you know, I lost this years and years ago when I allowed this corruption to, to seep into the world around me. Here, you know, it, it's it's oh, interesting because sure. you know. Harking back onto it, like just yesterday, I saw the uh, episode where um, you know Ezra's talking with and Rebels, where Ezra's talking to Yoda. He's and Ezra asks him, "Well, how can I defeat the uh, Emperor? How are you know, Vader? And how can I defeat his Inquisitors?" And Yoda's just kind of like, "I, you know, that's not really what a Jedi should be doing. Is how can I kill my enemies? Like, you know, mm-hmm. like the only like hand he gives him is go to Malachor, and you know, there we see like the big like." climactic battle between like the sith and the jedi and the ruins of that i think maybe what he's trying to teach is like there's like we've been fighting physically against the uh, sith for thousands of years maybe we need to do something else yeah i i want to so looking ahead a little bit the preview for the issue 10 at the end of this issue talks about yoda going into the the cave on dagobah to face mm-hmm. his fears and like we know he's been speaking with the ghost of Obi-Wan, but as you see on the screen, we also have the ghost of Count Dooku. Um, and Dooku played a big role in the second arc of the series. It'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see if you know Yoda has to reflect on the failures. Like again, since this has been focusing so much on his teachings, you know, this he might have to face the fear of the failings of his teachings of trying to raise a Padawan that fell to the dark side. I do exactly. want to give a shout out to another story in star Wars that this is from empire strikes back from a certain point of view, the story flipped to it virgins by Tracy Dion um, talk. It's, it is a story written from the perspective of the cave and the cave has been around oh. for ever is like a force a virgins on the force. Um, and it, the cave over time, like tells the experience of like, it's very like it doesn't have like much of a consciousness. And as more people come to Dagobah over the millennia and interact with it and experience it, the the cave starts to build knowledge and uh, sentience and eventually it encounters Yoda. And over this time, it's not it's like I'm not dark side, but I guess like I'm kind of leaning that door. Like, I, I guess my inclination is what more people might call dark side. And Yoda is the only person that ever visits more than once. And it's like, whoa, what's going on? Like, I've been here forever. And I've like, been here as long as time. And, you know, no one's ever come back because of, like, what I've shown them. And 
Yoda continues to go back, and that's not because like Yoda's trying to defeat the cave or Yoda's trying to it, what we find out and what the cave realizes and comes to this rec- this recognition is that Yoda is making sure to like face his fears and like this is his way of staying aligned with the light by not he can't succumb to fear if he continues to go back to the cave and face them and walk out unafraid. So I thought it's like, it's a very cool and interesting story. I recommend you read it. And I'm curious, like from a certain point of view, it's not like a, you know, this is the strictest, most canony canon mm, thing mm-hmm. ever, but I am curious to like, see if any of these themes kind of weave themselves through with that final issue. Yeah, no, I did. That's, I haven't read it from a certain point of view. Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. Now I really want to like that. I didn't realize I'm not gonna lie. I don't know much about, uh, any of those books um, or either of those books. And right. now hearing that and the unique perspective it provides, I might just start that tonight. But it, it, uh, what I was going to get into, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I was like, I will like very quickly be like, they are both fun books. They are anthologies. So they are hit or miss. Um, yeah. I very much recommend do not try and just read the thing. Like they are great audiobooks because they're all different narrators. Every story has a different narrator. And okay. like you have like some people outside the traditional like Mark Tom like John Hamm the A list actor is Boba Fett like wow. there's some very interesting yeah. choices. I thought it's Neil Patrick Harris. No, uh, but I would definitely recommend audiobook if you can, and just like take your time. It's the kind of thing where like it's fun to read it, like do a story or two a night, and then you know take it off in bite size because some of them are amazing, some of them are not my favorite. So you know yeah. there are some cool stories for sure. Uh, and some very, like lots of very unique stories. If you like, if you end up liking the cave story, the um, there's a space slug story that is also excellent and I think gives off similar emotions. So yeah, That's cool. It. Neil Patrick I, Harris did a different one, but yeah, like yeah, they they got some pretty wild uh, voice actors there. I I'm definitely gonna check those out. Um, mm-hmm. but to to kind of circle back to like moving into issue ten, which have we gotten confirmed that it's Kevin Scott yet? It's confirmed, right? Yeah, no, yeah, we, okay. yeah. So Kevin Scott, who wrote the first three issues of of mm-hmm. the Yoda, Yoda series, is coming back to tie it all together in issue ten. Now, on the cover for issue ten, which we have on screen, we see Dooku's Force Ghost. Is this the first time we've seen a Sith that has a Force Ghost? Depends on how you define Ghost, because like you have things like Darth Bane had like a, a, a some yeah. sort of spirit left behind same thing with the uh, grand inquisitor technically darth bane isn't quite canon yet right uh you know he was in a clone wars Wars. Wars episode okay anakin skywalker had us but but he's redeemed he he was redeemed for that that's i think if this is i i i I don't imagine it is a true force ghost if it was like straight up count dooku as a force goes yes that would probably be pretty unprecedented but i think it's more likely that this is like a conjuring of the cave itself also okay. it's a also it's a comics cover they they lie all the time that is true that's that's very true that's exactly very true. and I forgot just there was a, one I, very recently that stuck out to me oh yeah it was the it was on sonostaros there's the one one issue where her and excuse me because i'm terrible with names but it's her and the green lizard woman. diva long oh, uh, yeah. Yes, Diva Lompop. They are locked in a combat scene in the on the cover of that issue that never because, actually comes well, to fruition. 
No, no, they fight each other. Just kind of like they it's fight, like they're well, like no, for they're funsies. not fighting each other on the com on the on the cover. They're fighting something as a team. Uh, and yeah, it, it wasn't in that issue, not, especially not in that issue. Now, one thing I do want to quickly point out is you, we talked about like you know, oh, you know, Dooku is like you know, might be Yoda's one of his great failures because he like directly taught, um, you know, he was Yoda's like direct sort of thing. And I stopped thinking like Yoda teaches most of the younglings, but there's really only one other person that we've known who is like directly taught by Yoda. And that was the, yes. our favorite thing. Uh, Cantum Psy from uh, the high Republic. Like they were also directly trained by Yoda. Like his, like they were Yoda, uh, his uh, direct Padawan. So it, it is kind of interesting to think like, I wonder how many like direct Padawans like Yoda has, you know, trained up like and it's it's fun to think of like his last one that he did was the one that fell to the dark side so completely like do you think he got complacent at that side you know dooku's a fascinating character but that's a whole other can of worms to open up some other time yeah i i think there's like this i wonder if there's like a support group that Jedi Masters go to if they're if they're Padawan uh, falls to the dark side. <laughs> Maybe not directly to be a Sith Lord, but like or even leaves the Jedi Order. I wonder if they get together and they're like, "Yeah, dude, I couldn't have done anything." <laughs> um, because that's definitely what they would say to each other. The, ma- the Masters of the Lost Twenty support group. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. That would be awesome. It's just every they all go stand in by next to the bust in the library yeah. that is that is their the representative. Um, that would be really funny. <laughs> I made this. <laughs> you made this every, time some, made this every every time a new one happens across the news like what was the number to the guy who makes the busts who does anybody have that number saved in microsoft teams or something <laughs> oh. that would be awesome exactly um, but yeah no so these issues as a whole they were incredible they were really good i'm really excited for uh for issue 10 especially because i'm just a huge huge cabin stan uh not friend of this show but friend of utini as a whole kevin scott just an absolutely wonderful guy and an amazing writer and can't wait to see what he's got up his sleeve for issue 10 uh i'm interested to see whether or not dooku is a real force ghost and if that is the case if anybody thought about well well this was being like edited and was like oh is this the first time we've ever had a legit sith be a force ghost anyway um but yeah no so i guess i kind of want to open it up real quick guys do you guys have anything else that you wanted to bring up about uh about yoda issue seven through nine or even even Anything uh, in issues, you know, one through uh, one through six. Yeah. Uh, so uh, like there's like a few like small like, Easter egg type things that I really liked or small moments. We start off on the ring of Kafreen in mm-hmm. the first issue, which if you don't remember, it's where Cassian Andor opens on Rogue One. He shoots the dude in the back and to get the information and climbs out. It is where we also have been already like they told us like way back when that this is where Andor season two will end. Like it'll go full circle, so nice. it's cool to see you know us outside the Tony Gilroy universe uh, with yep. Yoda there. And then when he leaves, I, like I missed this the first time I read it. He like like because there's like a dude in a trench coat and you can't see them like getting information from a spy. They don't shoot them. They actually give them money and leave. Um, but then when you <laughs> leave, you see Yoda. He tosses the trench coat off, and it's Yoda standing on top of an R like an R unit. Like it's like the classic, like, yeah, like the classic kids stacked in a trench coat, but it's Yoda on top of an astromech droid. And it's like the funniest thing I've ever seen. It's a little Um, rascals-esque. It's so good. Yeah, for sure. And like, I love that this, again, I think this felt like this nailed the Clone Wars vibes of like making a Clone Wars TV show arc more than any of like more than most 
other comic books and books I've read. Um, and then one final thing, I, I want to bring this all the way back to like the beginning of our episode when we were talking about <laughs> Thrawn alliances randomly. Mm-hmm. I think there's quite the parallel be- with this and Thrawn alliances because like in Thrawn alliances with the Clone War story, you have Anakin and Thrawn and also Padme going to this secret separatist like R&D facility. They're going to build this new Cortosis weave droid mm. armor uh, that would basically make lightsabers useless. And when then Anakin gets to blow it up, although in that case, he literally commits like insane war crimes and destroys an entire planet that is being enslaved by it's wild. It's like actually like one of the most unhinged things Anakin's ever done. Um, Padme's there too when he does. Yeah, (laughs) there's like like slack jawed. Like, what did you just do? We told you not to do this. And he's like, he's he's himbo. And he's like, oh, (laughs) oops, did not think about that. Um, and then, yeah, in this one, you get Anakin and Yoda going to the secret separatist R and D facility, not quite the catastrophic ending. They get to blow it up and they get to take out the droid without completely like devastating an entire planet. But I mean, they kind of felt similar. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those, those were the kind of like the fun things I, I enjoyed outside, like the big, the big obvious stuff. Yeah, no, absolutely. Caleb, did you have anything else that, uh, that you wanted to bring up no i was about to say i think we already covered pretty much everything here again i i wanted to make sure we talked about the ring of caffeine as well and i thought that was amazing you know i'm glad his uh yoda's informant got out a lot better than uh andor's uh informant you know <laughs> significantly less uh shooting in the back there so uh no it was great i i think this uh, arc was really well done i'm ready to see what uh issue 10 has but you know also what uh other star wars uh is putting out uh waves anything you want to bring up parker yeah uh, so uh jacob already mentioned the clone wars vibes and i'm gonna kind of steal something that caleb had mentioned before uh about i thought it was really interesting that the finality uh like the final thought that yoda has uh, about the galaxy as a whole and the Jedi's role within it at the end of this is that the Jedi should not be involved in the, in the <laughs> goings on of the galaxy, um, which I think, I think might be like more of a self-reflection thing about how like Jacob, you, you had, you know, open, open criticism earlier about the way that he's run the Jedi order. And he understands like he is the grandmaster and the Jedi's role in the galaxy is largely because of what he has allowed to happen or even like push the Jedi towards this role. So I thought that was pretty in, an interesting vibe to give off, you know, at the, at the, at the very end. Uh, we talked a lot about Yoda being the elder teacher type. And I just, you know, I, I can't, I don't want to say I beat that dead horse anymore, but like, I, I loved his role of just like, always being the teacher and always being that that uh, very knowledgeable Jedi master. Uh, but the last thing that I had is that it, this is actually from uh, the the middle uh, three issues of, of these nine. Uh, seeing Count Dooku be so openly cynical and like, uh, I don't know the right word, but he definitely wasn't the most compliant Jedi. And it was so openly put in his, in, in his story in those three issues that I thought was really interesting to see because up to this point, like unless you've read, you know, listen to Dooku Jedi lost or anything like that up. It was very, it's very recent that we get uh, to see behind that curtain. And anytime we get to, it's a, it's pretty intriguing for me. So, but that's a, that's kind of really all I had. Um, One question I did have for you guys is what do we have to look forward to coming into our next recording? 
Yeah. So I, d- d- looking back a little bit and also, yeah. Anyways, the things that we've had over this past window, we had Star Wars 36, Vader 36, Bounty Hunters 36. It's nice when they line up. They don't always. Um, Star Wars 36 felt a lot. I won't go too much into it. It had some Shadow of the Empire's type uh, moments to it, which was interesting. Okay. Um, Vader is continuing to on his adventure with Dr. Afra. Um, and then Bounty Hunters is um, R.I.P. Valence's, Valence's mind. It's been a struggle for Valence Nation out there. I'm sorry for the emotional toll that Ethan's been putting you through. But coming up in the next couple of weeks for things we might talk about for the next episode, we have Dr. Afra 34 not lining up, unfortunately, number wise. Mm. It was fine. Uh, Rebellion number one, the one shot from the Return of the Jedi one shot set. The finale of Vader, Black, White, and Red number four. And then Man of Season 2 episode, number two. So I would probably... I, my my first my gut thought and we will like tell everyone ahead of time on discord and twitter my gut thought is probably either capping off vader since we've already talked about it or rebellion if that's fun or maybe both we, we you know yeah. we can we can we'll, 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 chat and we'll get back to you on on what our thoughts are also yeah. you know if we read one and we don't like it then you know, maybe we don't talk about it so you know we'll figure it out yeah no absolutely and uh Make sure you're following us on Twitter because if you're not following us on Twitter, you may not know what the episode's going to be be about before we get there. And if you want to read ahead and be included more so in the conversation, there might be some uh, something that might interest you. But everybody, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. If you're doing so on YouTube, that's going to do it for us this week. This week's episode of the Cosmic Force comes to a close. Do not forget to like and subscribe right here on the YouTube channel and where uh, you're going to be able to watch the show, the visual version, every other Wednesday when we drop a new one. We also encourage you to subscribe to the audio version wherever you like to get your podcast, whether that's Pocket Cast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all those different things. You definitely can uh, subscribe and rate us on all of them if you want to be the best fan ever. And uh, we really hope that you uh, that you follow along on the auto versions as well. You can also follow us on Twitter. Like I mentioned before, you can follow the show that is at Cosmic Force Show to stay informed about Star Wars comics happenings. Or you can also follow all of us individually. I'm at Parker Kirk underscore. Caleb is at Caleb Lamanac. And Jacob is at Jacob Bosch, B-O-U-S-H-H. For reviews, articles, and news for the rest of the wide galaxy of Star Wars, make sure you visit us at utini.com. And we encourage you once again to support us by joining our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash utini. And you can start receiving exclusive perks, such as seeing this episode a day early uh, in your podcast feed. And of course, a special thank you to Brian Dooley, Earl Q, Carl Sander, Zach W., Michael Fry, and Raymond Bazinski on our Jedi High Council, and James T., Ashley Ingalls, Colton Fife, and Chris Carrizo on our Alliance High Command for their amazing support. And lastly, do not forget to join our exclusive Utini Discord channel. You can go ahead and join that at utini.com slash Discord. There is a Cosmic Force channel in there if you'd like to jump in and talk to any of us about the goings-on on the show or anything that we covered in this last episode. But once again, thank you so much, Caleb. Thank you so much, Jacob, for hosting with me yet again this week. We will see you guys in two weeks. Special thanks to the listeners for all the support. And of course, may the Force be with you. Thanks, guys. We appreciate it. <laughs>